0: We are bottom of the smash mountain i would like to thank my patrons over at patreon.com bsm pod for continuing to support me and what i'm doing i'm very pleased today to have the project director of the all-time melee top 100 players list this is edwin budding also a member of the melee stats in terms of the youtube projects on melee stats youtube as well as managing a rather large melee Stats Discord. MeleeStats.co, Monday Morning Marth, what happened last night in Melee. I could go on and on, but I'll let you talk for yourself as well. Edwin, you're joining me for the second time now. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back on. I'm really excited tonight, and not just because of the Patriots Bills game, but because there is so much going on in Melee. I don't even know where to start. Do we talk about the Top 100 project? Do we talk about Summit coming up? Do we talk? There's just. So much in Smash News to get into. I can't wait to dive into all of it with you, Jesse. I had a blast last time I was here. And I think that it's fair to say that so much has changed since we last spoke. And if I may say so, I think a lot has changed to make the scene more exciting and even even for the better in many ways.
0: You know, when we have actual irl either majors or big regionals or just big tournaments in general and we have ones to look forward to as well when pipsqueak and leffen are in the united states right now in the united states that just brings up the energy level i think that it generates a lot of excitement and this is the kind of stuff where maybe a month and a half ago somebody's complaining about oh not much is happening right now that is not the conversation presently there's a lot of awesome melee happening and it's about to happen i do not want to however get lost on the fact that you were the project director for the newest edition of the Melee, the all time top 100 Melee players list. And I do not want it to be lost that it was an incredible collaborative project. A lot of people had plenty of discourse around it that was both helpful and not helpful. But for my part, I want to say thank you for making a lot of things happen on that project for you. When you get to say that you were the project director for this, Where does that go in terms of your, if you want to say accomplishments or resume, like, is it up there for you? Or is this kind of like pretty chill for you? How do you view it, Edwin?
1: I think it's up there. I think that um, my team was so fantastic on this project, the Melee Stats team. I am very grateful for the leadership at PG for at least as far as Smash content is concerned for vouching for my group. And being able to really take this idea of a list on a website with a few blurbs that I had and elevate it to another level of another level of content across a variety of mediums, you know, tasteful promotion across, or excuse me, like successful promotion across their mediums as well. I think um, when I had done the list in the past, I, it was basically like an opinion list, right? It first started off in 2016, we had the top 30 done by myself. Then two years later, me and Melissa Blight, also known as Pikachu 942, worked on a list together that also received a lot of positive community feedback. But heading to this year, I thought that the the list this year would carry a different level of significance. And I thought that because Melee's 20th anniversary was coming out. So I wanted to make sure that this time, that when the list would come out, that it wouldn't just be one person's opinions piece. And it wouldn't just be two people's opinion, even if they are educated opinion. I wanted this whole team that I've met in my years of being involved in melee. I wanted my my uh, I wanted my friends and basically like smash coworkers at Melee Stats to help out on this project. I wanted them to not only help help me determine what the top 100 Melee players of all time list would be. I wanted their creative input on it as well. i wanted them to tell the stories of each player in their blurbs. I wanted them to find holes in where me and Melissa may not have had them and provide their own historical perspective through their list and through their contributions to the project. And most of all, most of all, I wanted to make sure that whatever came out Regardless of whether you agreed with it or whether you didn't agree with it, had a clear rationale, had clear effort and thought put into the project, and I wanted to make sure that it would take the place in a very strange year, with the, yes, in a year lacking a lot of, in uh, a lacking a lot of, how do you say, constants that we were used to in years prior. I wanted to give the scene something with my team and with the PG team that would essentially fill the gap of late win- of like early winter, end of the year talk about players in the scene. And I thought in a year where there's not going to be a 2021 ranking, in a year where we're seeing the re- slow, not quite there yet, but the gradual return of LAN, I knew that the same audience was going to be there for a pot- you know, rankings discussion. And I thought 20th anniversary this is the perfect time to contribute in this kind of way. So as far as my achievements and the achievements of my team, and even the collaborative achievements that, that PG has from this project as well, I would say that it is definitely up there for the projects that I've been involved in that I've cared about the most. I think this would be, this is on par with any video, this is on par with um, like most videos that that me and my team have worked on for the channel. But of course, I'm, I'm biased because I, I essentially directed this project. And um, it was tough. It, was in, it involved a lot of collaboration. It involved a lot of different opinions and talking about who we wanted on the list and where. It involved, it, it involved trying to bring out the best of everyone in our group. And I think for the most part, it was a success. And I'm really proud of what we accomplished together. Both me, melee stats, and the PG team as well.
0: Since I have not really lived. Personally, through all, a lot of this Melee history, the blurbs in particular were valuable to me because I was able to learn a lot of things that I had not previously learned before. Maybe not all of it being, oh, wow, super high-level, interesting. I, I can't say that I remember word for word every blurb that was written on each top 100 player, but one of the things that I wanted to go over a little bit before we get to the month of December and how crazy this, this month is for all th- kinds of Melee majors and events that are happening is... To do a little bit of a fun top five blurbs that these are, you know, my opinions uh, and opinions of the bottom of Smash Mountain podcast only to share with you. Someone who was obviously wrote a fair amount of them, so I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but these were the ones that stuck out to me the most and were my favorite. So yeah, we have we have top five and two honorable mentions, sorry, you were saying?
1: No, I was just saying shoot, tell me. I, I want to hear them.
0: Okay, so at an honorable mention, we have Wizzrobe. This was written by you. I just loved hearing the part where, to me, I love the discourse around the idea of, is Falcon going to fade away as the meta continues to evolve, as Fox, Falco, Marth continue to really stand themselves out further and further? And even, you could even say that argument for, I mean, you literally have it here as Pikachu as well. Like, what's going to happen to Pikachu? What's going to happen to Jigglypuff? What's going to happen to Sheik even? It just depends on who you talk to. But most people would say there's three characters, Marth, Fox, and Falco, who sort of have their own ways of invalidating Falcon. But Wizrobe has continued to play really well against players of all those characters. And obviously coming in at number 14 all time, such a big accomplishment for Wizrobe, who in many ways feels like he has a lot to go for his career in Melee. So that's an honorable mention for me. What do you have to say?
1: Yeah, I want to say that I think this is a very, this is a very forgotten part of his legacies and contributions to the game. Most people in the scene now who play the game or even watch, we, we take the amount of Falcons we have for granted. Look, there's Wizzrobe, there's s2j there's none. And even Gatsu is making waves. Beneath that you have people King like Cube, Zero. And- <laughs> Yeah. King Gatsu, the king of the cube. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's easy to, if if you're a newcomer to the scene, or even if you've been around for about a year and a half, it's easy to, or it would feel easy to take the number of Falcons at the top level for granted. But to be honest, it wasn't always like that. When Hax left the character, yeah, there, there was SJ who was still there and Gatsu was good, but not quite on the level where, where he is right now. But many people thought that, you know, maybe Falcon can't do it. Falcon can't win a major. Hax, Hax said it. Hax put so much time to this character. He was really good with, with Falcon. If he can't do it, I don't, I don't know who can. And Wizzro, in my opinion, um, I really think he's the complete or close to the complete or definitive modern Captain Falcon player. I think like the there used the association with Wizro used to be that he has really fast reactions and he tech chases really well. But he's become a much more complete player through the years. Oh yeah, he's become really technical. His defense has become outstanding. He's added new elements to to his game. I think. In, I think the amount of work that he puts into like grinding his character, understanding what he can do at different ranges and positions and whatnot. The amount of like how. The amount that Wizardob is important to Captain Falcon, especially considering where the character was at in the metagame from before, is something that I don't think we should should go. I don't think it should go overlooked. You know that like this is early twenty fifteen, late twenty fourteen. People were cracking jokes about if Falcon was worse than Pikachu. Like it was it was really <laughs> bad. And granted, it's a there's a group of Captain Falcons that have kept him alive. But there's a reason that Wizrobe is the one that won a, that won a land major you know like Wizrobe is the definitive modern Captain Falcon player, and in my opinion the greatest captain Falcon player ever
0: i mean doesn't that it stands that that is the case right I mean unless you wanna say that asin or somebody else above is a true captain Falcon main. that's not' <laughs> that's, that's not that's not true
1: <laughs> I don't know if they're secondary I don't know if asin and Ken secondary captain Falcons a... so <laughs> Uh, are are bigger accomplished than Wizard of winning Smash and Splash and doing so much more.
0: <laughs> it's wild to consider that. I mean, this was a this was a talked about item in your podcast when it was you, Wheat, and also TOF and Blur talking about Main Stage. Like, what does that do? Because it's two it's two majors now, right? You would count Main Stage as a major, Edwin.
1: Uh, I'd have to think about it. I, I don't know. I don't know if it would technically fit the criteria we used for the list. But I I'd have to talk to I'd have to talk to Liz. She uh she determined the criteria for what counts as major. I think this would be like borderline. And it's, it's because, also hard because, because it, was,
0: it, was, believe, it goes off of top ranked players or ranked players, a certain amount of them attending the event. And there's not really been that kind of ranking since since yeah, 2019. Yeah, like I
1: don't know. Yeah, like I don't know, what does a hungry box, what does a win on offline hungry box mean in 2021? Is it pretty good? Yeah, it, it seems great, but is it is it a top five win? Is it top six or seven? Is it a win on like basically the second tier of players? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess. See, I guess, you're right? but you, it, it's you are gonna to have play. so
0: much fun when you make an all time top 100 for the 25th anniversary of Melee because you're gonna have to go back <laughs> and look at the COVID era, the quarantine era.
1: Yeah, let me ask you something, actually. I think that, uh, so in my mind, I don't know if Wizrobe winning main stage significantly increases his all-time legacy in, in my head, but I do think that, like, given how good he is at his peak, given how rapidly he got, he improved, and his status is basically someone who can win a major now. Maybe he's maybe not, like, on the level of Mango Zane, Jury's out on Leffen, but basically he's in, he's, on a good day, he can beat that beat people yep. in that tier, and maybe win. I do kind of wonder, in the next year or so, between his ascent and his maintenance, uh, or his sust- sustenance at that, or whatever the word is, at that level of play, <laughs> I wonder how that compares with someone with a bit more longevity and comparable meta impact, but someone who who's kind of fallen off a little bit relative to all-time expectations like Axe. I do kind of wonder, like, what would it take for Wizrobe to... What would it take for Wizrobe to pass him and even get into like the the at tier or even borderline top top ten? That's something I'm kind of curious about.
0: At least one more major win that would probably get in my mind get Wizrobe into the same conversation as Axe and Chudat, like where mm-hmm. you have I see you would have two solid So if you don't want to call main stage a major win, if there was another one, say double down coming up in March or the big house, you want to go crazy and say something like that, or even this upcoming summit, since, you know, since Plub's not going to be there, we'll talk about that when we get to summit. You you basically, you can, you can, in my mind, you can start talking about Wesrobe being at the level of Axe because one thing that Axe that you'll always say about him is how he innovates the character and he keeps the character relevant against the competition. Mm-hmm. And if Wizzrobe is the forefront for Falcons against the rest of the the rest of the competition. It's not yeah, I mean, that Max
1: has been doing that for longer. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. And and, and with with a worse character in most people's minds. Mm-hmm. I remember did you see did you see Tyler Swift versus Acklo in one of the more recent nightclubs where there's a ridiculous crazy extension that Tyler Swift got and it lasted like yeah, at least I know ten that one seconds. You're
1: talking about. That one is that was one of the most wild Pikachu combos I've ever seen in my life. And, I've and yet a lot somehow
0: that. it did like 30%. There was, a, there was a combo like that in the set where... Mm-hmm. You just I, had I a, the one so great probably. extensions really read aklo like crazy like four or five times in a row and it's like 30 percent at the end of the combo you're going this character that's not fair so up
1: air up air up air <laughs>
0: <laughs> you feel bad up
1: air up air up air and then like a single hit of down smash but he keeps chasing him down he's working so hard <laughs>
0: and that's why i said i mean well, yeah I'm... Swiffer, so i gonna be cool but yes i i really love what axe has done with pikachu and has been doing it for longer to your point i feel like it hurts that there's a little bit of a drop off for for axe but i really want him to have opportunities to prove himself at places like smash world tours it won't happen at summit because he's not going to that event but i i I feel like that i can't help but be biased by the information in the more recent era where axe struggled with online for the most part didn't have the top five argument that he did in 2019, he didn't have that in 2020 or in 2021. So I would love for him to be able to use more IRL events to start placing in top four, start challenging for a win here or there. But to this day, it's still just summit eight. Is that the one that he won?
1: Yeah, it was, it was Summit eight,
0: right? So it, it's tough because I feel like in my mind, it's higher likelihood of that Wizro wins a major before Axe wins a major.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't we talk about the uh, other honorable mention then? We're it's
0: going to take us so long to get through those list if we keep... <laughs> okay, so the other honorable mention, Drugged Fox, also written by you. I went back to that set, the, the Leffen ah, set, where he you, beats him you. and then shakes his head vigorously. I was not expecting the level of head shaking that I was going to see. I thought it yeah, was just going to be... Funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he literally, it almost felt like a Hungrybox pop-off where people say, that's not, he's just acting. Like, Hungrybox is on stream <laughs> and knows that this is going to get him a lot of gift subs, so of course he's going to scream at the mic. That head shake <laughs> felt like he was doing it because he knew he was on stream because the camera's just like...
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's a very... Uh, I think a word I said was quintessential drug fox moment. It's... I remember that yes. It, yes. It's funny. I remember that set pretty strongly because it happened at Royal Flush, which is which is the first melee stats major. It was the first oh. major where I went, or excuse me, where I met Wheat. So oh, that's awesome. It always has a yeah. It has a special memory in my, um, in my poor heart because Wheat. Of that. You had
0: to watch Armada yeah. lose <laughs> Mango. You're the happiest person in the venue except for Mango was probably. The
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I remember watching Drug Fox beat Leffen, like it, it was really ugly too. And Wheat and I were sitting down just kind of befuddled. We we could not understand that what was going we just couldn't believe that Leffen was getting clowned in a fox ditto it was so bad. He was it, i think he got out at like fifth place or something too, so it was really it was a really bad tournament for Leffen. Like for his standards, right?
0: Oh yeah, and Leffen's normally like making you think first or you know third at the very least mm-hmm. so then at five this is where things start to get real we have the cactuar now we're going to go into
1: blurbs that aren't written by me which is the important all the rest of my team are better writers this is what this is what uh you're trying to tell me i i understand it's fine
0: you are in the top five edwin calm down we have <laughs> cactuar i think that chroma worked really hard <laughs> for the cactuar blurb this is this is such a good blurb it's a great it's a great starting spot. I mean, I want to put this higher, but bias for other blurbs has has me putting it at 5, but it's it is it is a very very well w- written blurb. You should just go and read it yourself. Go to the PG Stats website and just look at number 45 on the all-time list. That's where you'll get a real treat.
1: Yeah, I I want to say I I laughed out loud in the voice call cuz I was I was talking about the list with with Melissa and when we got to uh when we got to that part of the list we both actually started laughing and cracking up and she and she asked me are you going to keep the blurb and I said oh, I don't know like let let me sit on it for a little bit then I think about about 2 weeks before publish time or so I just said, yeah let's let's run it whatever if we if we have one blurb like this we're we're good to go <laughs> if we have one blurb like this that's that's enough that's fine it's funny it conveys a point about Cactar being at every stage in Me- melee history, I thought it was timely. I thought the the, the uh, pop culture reference is great, so I don't regret running it. In fact, I don't think I changed a single thing about it. I think the the blurb as it's written in the in these in the Excel spreadsheet, you know, maybe I have to double check on this. I don't think we changed anything about it. I think we actually just kept the original.
0: That's awesome. Except here's here's. Here's what I'm thinking about. What if what if this kind of blurb is written about a top ten player? You're not keeping it. No shot, right?
1: No shot. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> if it was I'll... written about Mew2King, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> Mewtwo King will get even more mad at us than, than he already is.
0: You know, I would spend the entire blurb on Mewtwo King writing about whether or not he was actually asleep when he was doing that thing with the controller in that video.
1: <laughs>
0: I would just like go over the lore of that, and Mewtwo King would be like, Not only did I get ranked at number five, which is ridiculous, I also have to read this stupid blurb written by this stupid <laughs> idiot who knows nothing about my career. Sorry, Mewtwo he King. He doesn't
1: even know about he doesn't even know about the controller i had at mlg dallas that i used to that i used to beat up ken and friendlies before i lost my controller and didn't do well in the tournament ken also only won that tournament by the way because i taught him how to use counter against pc chris but ken actually doesn't give me any credit for that even though he should because he wouldn't have beaten pc chris without me if i had that controller that this is this is what Mutiking used to send me in facebook messages and for for the for the older list i'm serious (laughs) yeah don't if you get him talking on stream, it's if he's ranting about something, he's going to bring up MLG Dallas 2006 somehow. a tournament that Ken won in order to uh, boost himself. <laughs> Imagine bringing up a tournament that your your rival at the time won to, uh, to like to, to promote yourself. This is the most ridiculous thing.
0: Whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do. Let me find <laughs> Number four no, that's number two. That's an honorable mention. I really should have used bigger numbering here. Though I keep thinking that's... Oh, here's four. PC Chris, written by Melissa Blight. And of course, this comes naturally because PC Chris is one of my own all-time favorite players. But I loved how she wrote about the, the arc of his career that really cements him in such a high ranking for the all-time top 100. I thought it was very well-written so shout-outs to you, Melissa. I loved the, I loved all of that here. Like I get to read it again, but in the context of PC Chris being put at a very high spot on the all-time top one hundred list or the newest edition, one that'll hopefully stand for a year or two. We'll see how crazy y'all want to get, but. Uh that's a, that will always be watching PC Chris sets of any kind will always be a little bit of a magical thing for me because that was the first competitive set that I ever watched PC Chris versus Ken MLG oh, New York 2006
1: A lot of the PC Ken Ken sets actually hold up pretty well. It's not like super modern player or anything, but they you can just tell they you can tell they're solid. They pay attention to what each other are doing. Like they <laughs> They're they're solid for the era, and it's fun. the The story, their whole like trilogy, is one of the best storylines of 2006. If I can just give myself a little credit here for, for one of my writers, the uh, the last line, I think, something like like PC. It's something like PC. Chris is known for many things, but the but the snapshot of him holding a fat ten thousand dollar check is what we'll most like remember about him. If I can just say so, that was my suggestion to to her because we were looking for a way to to land the blurb. Like with a really, with a really pungent, uh, or with, with a, excuse me, not pungent. What a weird word. <laughs> with a really strong ending. And I think that I just think the image of peace, like it, you can literally see it in your mind, right? Him holding that MLG check, like. Well, then really there's also the,
0: there's there's also the picture as well. In yeah, the card. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Fit. Yeah. So I think uh, I I like I like that blurb a lot. I think Melissa did a great job on it, and we found a really good way to resolve the blurb pretty well. <laughs>
0: There's a, there's probably, it's, it's like, you almost have to mention it just by default because it's what everybody remembers from piece of Chris's episode mm-hmm. on the, uh, in the, well, actually no, it was in Korean DJs episode when they were talking about the Las Vegas. Oh, that's MLG. right. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: KDJ is really heartbroken about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one of the lines I will never hear that he won and I have to wait another year to win. Oh no. And then there's like that, text that comes on the screen is like that was the last time they ever had really sad okay
1: pro circuit at least
0: yes yes for mlg the pro circuit so at number three we have the hungry box entrant the also another blurb written by melissa blight and this was of course because one of the reasons why i got into melee in the more recent modern era where i started paying more attention was because of hungry box i saw the discourse somehow on the internet about hungry box killing melee and i very casually following smash was like that doesn't hold on really that doesn't sound right how can one player kill a game so i started watching more stuff live as much as i could have time for anyway and started to just feel like no this is really cool hungry box is not cool because he can do all these super flashy combos he's cool because he just tends to win tournaments when he ought not to be when it seems like no, 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 no. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. See, the other person is clearly a more skilled player, but it's, it's Hungry Box who's winning. And so when you, I get to read a blurb that is, first of all, very well written. we add again, and also when it sort of in such a short amount of time encapsulates a, a, an entire career from an all-time player, it is hard to do that. And so much respect to Melissa for being able to pull that off.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think uh, there is much. Uh... I don't think there was there was much to change about that one. She came in pretty prepared, with all the all the things she wanted to say about about him. Um, yeah, that was a pretty good blurb. I love the ending. Uh, will he ever choose to lose again? Just <laughs> a great, great deep cut <laughs> to the web street. And I guess also in a way that the melee stats, the Team Catfish versus Team Liquid video. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. I that that was one of that was that was one of her best ones. I would say
0: and then at number two we have homemade waffles who i think learning something about about homemade waffles making the top 100 for five straight years and that is not uh, something that everybody can say even for top 100 players is really really cool so i got to learn that and sorry i forgot to say the homemade waffles blur written by you edwin budding excuse me and i i loved that i'd also love homemade waffles what he does for the scene in general so of course i have like the 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 feels there and i think that if there was ever if there was ever enough will on homemade waffles's parts to say screw it i'm just going to focus on playing like that would be somebody playing well and succeeding who i would be probably the most excited for it's just that since he does so many other things and I don't know if obligation is the right word but uh, very selflessly trying to do what he believes is the best thing that he can do and how he can contribute to the melee community is a wonderful thing so seeing a tribute made to homemade waffles in any capacity is always going to get a two thumbs up by me
1: yeah, and I I think with him it's especially interesting because there were there were moments in his career where he really like maybe not an entire year of the modern era, but there were stretches where he he looked just outside the top 50. I know uh when he was he was really doing well, one of his goals was that he wanted to make summit as a competitor. Obviously, when when your other contributions to the community are at such a high level when you're so involved, it's it's tough to balance everything, right? But but yeah, there was a time when homemade waffles was if you saw him in bracket, like he he, he wasn't a free win. he uh, I let in fact, I'm gonna tell you a funny story right now, okay? So in late 2015, uh, much younger a much younger version of Melissa blight, uh, when homemade waffles beat Plup at HG, at HTC Throwdown, she had this huge post on game facts that eventually turned into a copy pasta because people just made <laughs> made fun of her for it where she wrote about all these upsets in melee history. And she said, none of them are all of them pale in comparison to when homemade waffles defeated Plup. I truly believe this will be, this will be remembered as one of the greatest upsets in melee history. And no one, no one remembered it. <laughs> more people remember. Th- thanks to Ambi. More people remember Prince of Ure beating Plup than, they, than they remember homemade waffles beating Plup. Like think about it. If, if it was anyone else, we'd all be talking about it, right? If yeah. anyone else had beaten all those players, beaten Lucky, Plup, Ryan Ford, even winning, I know it's an exhibition, but even taunting Hungrybox in real life to his face and whooping him in an exhibition. If it was anyone else, we'd be talking about it. But because it's homemade waffles, oh, like, oh, he's that really cool commentator. He's that really cool T.O. Well, let me tell you something. That guy is a monstrous melee player. He's really good. And I'm sure if he ever put all his focus into competing again, I think homemade waffles would definitely be a top one hundred player. And if he ever really, really, really just decided, screw it, all I'm trying to do is play melee. He could he he's really good, dude. People people don't know
0: people don't know i love that i would love to see it because it would be something that i would get to experience for the first time seeing him play in a bracket and getting to like a uh, like a top 32 top 16 or even top eight spot so at number one it's actually you edwin budding with your pew pew you uh-huh. entrant see here's really the thing.
1: you like the PPU? the PPU one was good i thought you were gonna pick the mango one because it's a little how come you like the ppu one the
0: mango one's a little basic edwin
1: <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Now, now I know this is real. You, you told me what you actually thought of some of the other other. Now I know you're not just gassing me up by putting my blur some of my blurbs on the list. I I will say I'm glad I had multiple in your top five because I did write like half the blurbs. So it would have been a really bad look if I only had one, but everyone else had a bunch. <laughs> then I would have just looked like a then I would just looked like a, like a jabroni. But yeah, tell me what would you like about the PPU one?
0: Okay. So first of all, PPU is is one of the first people. That that I got to talk to who's like a quote-unquote top player right and that was a fun conversation mm-hmm. one that I'll remember for oh, a very long time Kevin's very nice and then I would say that when you start to talk about a set between SFAT and PPU at the Wombo Combo the, the 10th anniversary Wombo Combo tournament and like after the grand finals is over PPU comes out on top and they they hug each other when he and Fat hug each other like I'm just like oh my gosh that's so sweet. Like <laughs> it, it, it hit me, I think in, in the right emotional way in that moment. And I couldn't forget about it because combining with the fact that I, like I said, PPU's Pew is a great guy. And then uh, like, it's a, it's a little sentimental, like best friends kind of thing. Very, very sweet to me. And so I couldn't shake it. I, I kept thinking, yeah, I, I might maybe something that's like something that makes more sense, but that's why it's subjective. That's why it's my own top five blurb, okay? So that to me uh, is number one.
1: Like, can I tell you something really funny about, uh, not, not the blurb itself, but just about that, that whole dynamic between PPU and Sfat? It's, it's so amusing to me that I modeled the blurb after their doubles accomplishments and then ended it with, a, with not just PPU winning a, with a big NorCal event over Sfat, but like hugging him or whatever. It's funny that I chose that as the, like, emotional focus of the blurb, because when those two were winning, like, so many doubles tournaments and when they were really good together, I hated it. I thought the friendship storyline was the most annoying, grating thing in the whole world. Oh, my God, SVAT and Pew! Pew, they're both on CLG. Oh, did you know they were were best friends? The Summit Bath Time skit? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like... It, it was so insufferable dude i i hated hearing about this fat people i wanted them to lose so much i'm sorry ppu if you're ever listening to this wow game. it was so in, it was so annoying they would just win teams and they'd be like oh we are s fat we're ppu we win we're so good at doubles ugh it was awful it was awful too because l- let me tell you something cuz like plup and mute king weren't at a ton of those events so then like when they ended up playing i think plup and mute king ended up breaking the streak the clg streak and beating them but it was like their first tournament back in like a year so that whole win streak always felt like really inflated by the fact that plup and mute king weren't there that that whole time or this is what i remember maybe maybe my memory is off it's so funny that i i really like hated that whole storyline and how insufferable it was but now years later we're past it like those two we haven't had like a really huge doubles tournament in a while it you know years have passed and writing this PPU blurb, I thought, oh, how nice. <laughs> how nice. <laughs> it's funny how, how time completely changes your perspective on these things, or at least their absence. I, I guess if, maybe if they kept winning tournaments and competing with each other and there was no pandemic or anything, I would I would want to talk about something else. But I don't, it's, just, it's just funny. It's, and
0: it's that fun. is interesting to me. Uh, like Kevin definitely admitted that part of... Part of the whole retiring thing at the time that he did, of course, there were a lot of reasons to do it. But one of the things was, mm-hmm. I mean, COVID. It just you stop traveling and you get a chance to breathe and think about everything for a second and going. I think I'm ready to move on to the next stage of my life. And of course, stills play melee, plays melee. I saw a clip. I think a week or two ago, some nice. I think it was Falcon and Fox action.
1: Yeah, on the I know the. I know the clip you're talking about. That that clip was disgusting. Reverse knee. Yeah. Falcons commas i've ever seen i think uh yeah it's it's funny that you mentioned that with pupu because uh i took the opposite route during covid i thought a lot about what i wanted to do with my life and i thought a lot about my current obligations and i realized that melee was just so important to me and that i wanted to with the little time that i have in on earth i wanted i don't want to have any regrets i want to make sure that everything i want to do in melee i've accomplished and i want to make sure that i inspire other people to do the same thing to to like do whatever they can
0: that's awesome edwin that's really really cool anybody who's listening who's saying oh that's not cool dedicate more time to melee you're listening to the wrong podcast we're not questioning life just short choices yeah
1: how are you in in this deep into the podcast and you're like this is it that's my that's my line i've been listening to every episode cypher (laughs) but this is the line i draw
0: i like the i like this whole dynamic if anybody ever says to me yeah melee probably not the most rewarding thing but i love it and i love putting time into it i'm i'm instantly like you are a very interesting person let's go (laughs) and that is the top five blurbs for the top 100 and we've almost been at this for an hour dadgummit patriots are going to start playing the Bills soon that's really unfortunate yeah go ahead edwin
1: I want to mention two things with the, with the blurbs, just because I feel, I feel like it would be remit, I would be remiss or whatever. If I didn't mention it, I thought I want to highlight just really quickly. I thought that, uh, Amby's blurb on a uh, professor pro was fantastic. I love the, we worked on that together for a while, but I love the way he set it up the story of building this incredible hidden boss, like talent locked away all the way in Britain. And then saying like, Oh, I wish he came to the U S he, he would have incredible results like like can you imagine him beating these players oh wait he already did that it's a very slept on thing right i think andy really nailed uh, the story of prof there i i think he also another blurb of his i really like two blurbs of his in particular i loved his silent wolf one the way he set up silent wolf not just in beating Bladewise wise a lot but yeah poor blade wise drug fox beating drug fox so badly that drug fox quits quit cheek quit um and <laughs> him farming muta kings marth in his prime very just an incredible player and an incredible uh inside of ambi to to highlight those facts with silent wolf uh wheat i wanted to especially note his blurbs uh his blurbs were the were the last one submitted i, w- I will say that much but they were all really good i loved uh i loved his focus on J just really having this timeless unique play style and contributions to the melee scene i loved the i love the way he set up meds's blurb and and ending it with the i like it neatly resolves right talking about how he's not just the best fox in arizona but he has all these accomplishments and today he he became the best air like player in the state period which i think is such a great way to close that blurb i mean like I, I could talk about everyone's contributions i thought i thought um Glenn KB I thought his blurb on Eddie Mexico was fantastic I loved YCC's blurbs on everyone but I especially loved his on spark which I thought was great you you kind of see everyone's personality shine through the blurbs I really like Zane's on zoo as well I think I think um, Zayn as an ipengu. I just yes, yes. Uh, I really I really loved all, all our contributions to the project I think one of the most fun things about the blurbs is that they never feel stale they they're all kind of they're clearly like melee stats are basically in the case of Ipengu, like melee stat, honorary melee stats, but they all have a different voice and focus, which I think makes them, a, which makes them a pleasure to read. And I'm glad that the you know the feedback I've received from the blurbs has been overwhelmingly positive. So that's nice. I went into the project, you know, um, the expectation for MPGR and SBM rank every year is that when there's blurbs, volunteers from the community do it but for this one I really wanted to keep it in-house because I knew the talent I was working with and I wanted to make sure that was represented and I wanted to make sure that came across in the project. And I'm really glad it did.
0: That's awesome. You're saying that just anybody can do blurbs for a future top 100 rankings like for 2022?
1: Well, that's how they used to do it in the past. I don't know if I don't know if they they're going to do that next year, but I but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I I will say though for this for this one I really wanted it to be in house for
0: the very company. fair. I mean you're the project director. I'll keep saying that until we're done talking for the rest of the night. <laughs> we have okay. I want to talk about Summit. I do. I promise. But H box only loses when he chooses to. That was a very wild turn of events. We are talking the night after Hungry Box goes down two zero in grand finals looks like on dreamland it's going to be a bit of a wash down three stocks to one if i recall correctly and then turns it around finishes the rest of the way 5-0 you know obviously does the reverse 3-0 in the first set of grand finals resets and then wins 3-0 in the second set and has a rather nice hbox pop-off clip definitely one of my own favorites and now i'm just afraid because even though i love Hungrybox as a competitor, uh, I love seeing a character like Jigglypuff play well against the rest of the field because that is such a unique character compared to, I mean, even the regular floaties like Sheik and Marth, if you want to call them that, Puff is by far the floatiest, dies so early, and yet still can somehow hang with Fox, Falco, Marth, and so on. So now I'm just really nervous, Edwin. I'm very, very nervous about Summit because we have all these other fun storylines, but you know what can come through like a literal wrecking ball, except it's in the shape of a puff is a hungry box and a confident hungry <laughs> box at that. If he actually harnesses that the other side of the coin, since this is 2021 is a hungry box. That's like super excited and doesn't pay attention to melee all week shows up on Friday and is like, what's going on? Are we doing doubles? Like a fake doubles thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, sure. I'll play a little bit. And then on Saturday for pools is like, "What? What? what happened? <laughs> I just won I just won the Gallant melee open fall. Did nobody, nobody notice that? What what happened? And it goes like oh four on pulls or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I I will say I think offline hungry bot. It's first off, it's really impressive that he came back from such a big deficit. I mean, he was he was down two zero and he was down like one stock to three or 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 something ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was a, it was looking really bad. For hungry rocks and he just won the next six games uh I, I I know I know people are gonna say like oh well like come on when he hit the rest to tie the game in game three set one of grands you knew he was gonna win it's like okay well like even if you knew he was gonna win at it it was a set this it was like a tournament deciding point for Aklo, and no one could have predicted him winning just like six straight games in a row right like that's not an easy thing to do against someone like acklo now With that out of the way, while this is an impressive accomplishment for Hungrybox, this is going to be a really tough field, even for offline Hungrybox. I don't know if... Look, if Hungrybox came through and won the event, could I say that I'd be super duper... That that it has no precedent? No, I guess I couldn't. But I will say I would be surprised. I think this field is really tough for him. Because he's going to most likely need to beat, like, two of four or five people that heavy favorites against him or or uh players that he needs like every b- break to go his way to beat so like let's take a look at this matchup spread i i did a huge breakdown of each of the su- summit uh, invitees monday morning march monday morning march yeah which well, you can read at melee stats.co and i i just don't see it maybe i'm gonna regret this but i mean, you invite me back on next week to where i can eat my words at, uh, motivating the clutch god. <laughs> Edwin, or,
0: I won't invite or, you back to eat your own words. You'll just have to hold that for a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or I'll, yeah, or I'll have to hold it for a while. No, that, that's fine. I, I just think it's really tough. Like, do I think he has a shot against Zane? No. I think he needs to. I think he needs to avoid Zane. Do I think he has a shot against Mango? I mean, I guess. But like again, this is against Mango. This is one person that he would rather not play. But if he plays him, he needs every break to go his way. Like coin flip style situations, right? Like he gets more rest than usual, maybe Mango SDs, or he gets like a few big reads on Mango or something, right? So that's. So we already have one auto loss, basically. And we have another person that he needs every break to go his way. Who do we have after that? Let's say we have Leffen. I think Leffen, he. Again, this is another person he. It's not impossible for him to beat him, but it's functionally really difficult for him to. It's basically like. If you have one person who you'd you'd, you'd want to dodge, that's bad enough. But you have two people in a bracket that you already need a break from, right? Or you need every break to go your way to beat them. Like it's very unlikely that you beat them. Now he has IBW and Wizrope. We're talking four people that he's an underdog against. Four people and then one person and then one other person who it's basically like he like no chance of, of him beating him, right? We're already at five people. But wanna know who else he has to worry about? He has to worry about Amsa at the same event. Now, even if you want to say Hungrybox is favored against Amsa, if you're talking about the stakes of potentially winning a major, if the, like, what, seventh seed or whatever is like a 40% chance chance of beating you, and you already have all these other matchups that you either would want to avoid or that you need everything to go your way to win, I gotta say, if there's a time to sleep on the clutch god, I think it's now. (laughs) Don't be fooled by Gallant. I think this is, like, yeah, I'm gonna regret this so bad, Art. You're I right. a really good he's gonna, like, stretch right destroy, now. Yeah. that's so unfortunate. Yeah, I, I genuinely think this is this is probably the lowest chance Hungry Box has ever had before an event of winning it. At least in in the last like four three to four years i can't think of another time where Hungry box has entered an event and i've been like i don't think he's winning it or like it or he needs a miracle to win this i honestly think like amsa has a better chance of winning this tournament than than Hungry box it's it's really tough and i still think
0: oh what a terrible time to cut out Edwin was finally being unleashed. He's been waiting a whole hour to be unleashed. And as soon as he gets unleashed, the call gets disconnected. How about that? I was just telling the people who are listening and watching how you got cut off at exactly the wrong time in this entire hour. In this entire hour, you got cut off at exactly the wrong time. I told you, yeah, the I... ninjas are watching. In this case, the Hungry Box stonks supporters. H-Fam. Yes.
1: fam is coming after me. They're going <laughs> clutch box clutch box clutch box. Just oh like
0: ripping God. out your ethernet cord as we speak.
1: Well, I look but, but you see what I'm saying, right? Like doesn't it feel really unlikely now? It feels so unlikely. Before the first summit, you could you could maybe say, "Okay, like online Hungerbox is totally different. When offline Hungerbox comes back, he's not just going to beat the people that he lost to on online. He's going to start beating the people that beat him a lot online or like the people that that we think will be hard, right? We've seen enough of online or offline hunger box to know that he's pretty good, but is he major winning good? I I don't think so. I, I think it's really tough. He's got to show us something new.
0: So here's the thing here. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. Sorry. I want to say that, I thought it was actually more surprising. The most surprising thing to me about Summit other than Summit 11, other than seeing Mango miraculously win two games against Zane on FD in a Mm -hmm. row to reset the first set of grand finals, that was miraculous and awesome and hype to watch. But Hungerbox making third at that event was the second most surprising thing to me about Summit 11 because I had no reason to think that he was even going to get I mean like I thought there's 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 a chance here where Hungry Bucks doesn't place top eight just because of all the online results we have recently where he's struggling against what you would call the tier two players. Now I don't have the stats in front of me, but I just remember seeing these different events and going there's not really a whole lot to suggest here that when everybody's in the same room safely and whatnot and there are actual great tier one players like mango and zane and ibdw you know probably the three biggest thorns in hungry Box's side in the more recent times especially in the last two years that it would be possible for him to be able to place as well as he did he ended up losing to zane and mango in the bracket who then finished top two i was very impressed by that and then of course since then there has been there's been the bit the, like the main stage performance and then at riptide he finished in a decent placing Was us what did he finish at riptide i actually he finished can't. third finished Plup third excuse me yes right it was IBDW plop in grand finals that's right now i remember thank you i think that there's a little bit of precedent if you will for him to be able to get close enough and then like you said he's still going to have to have things break his way but that world to me seems more likely than, strangely enough, Summit Eleven did. You 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 were kind of comparing Summit Eleven and Summit Twelve just a little bit there, giving me the impression that you would think that a higher placing is more implausible now than it was before. Where I would actually say it's reversed.
1: Interesting. Well, what's his path there? I, let let's let's say if we're using getting a winner's finals or getting third place as the as the as the. Uh, parameters behind him repeating this let's take a look at what he did last time last time he beat amsa in a in a really really nail tight set right i think that's what happened in bracket yeah i think that's what happened in in bracket after he does that he wins 3-1 against ibw a genuinely very surprising outcome given how we know that they trend online after that he loses to zane and manga okay so we know that this it's possible that he can beat ibw but if you look at the if you look at the game tape, right? Because <laughs> checking the box score is one thing, but like even remembering the game tape, this involved the five. game. This, yeah, this involved a uh, this involved an SD from IBW, involved a few if involved a few crucial things, not not going his way, and we when we when we've seen them play it again on offline, um, IBW still looks like the favorite. He beat them He beat him in their run back. He still looks like the. He still looks like the. F- it it seems like that was the, you know, if they play ten sets, and Hungrybox Box wins one or two, it seems like that was already one of them, you know, so it's like, do I see that happening again? No, but like if it, but but think about how unlikely that is, right? Who is Hungrybox going to be playing in in uh, winners bracket this time? Assuming he makes it out of of bracket and pools, he's going to probably have to play the three seed or so, right? Which would be what IBDW, Leffen? Good luck with that. So he, that's just to get to winner semis. When he gets to winner semis, he's going to probably have to play Mango. I don't he's going to probably have to play Mango or Zane in winner semis. That's just to get to winner's finals. But uh, he's not playing Mango or Zane in winner's finals this time. He's playing he's going to probably play them in semis
0: because Mango dropped down to loser's so early that Manga wasn't there potentially after IBDW in the Summit 11 bracket. I mean, I don't remember it exactly of like how it was going to all mm-hmm. shake out, but Manga went down before winner semis down to losers. Yeah, because
1: Flup beat them in quarters.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so like, like it's not... To... Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was saying it like part of Hungrybox's run is that like, it, that's, I actually completely forgot about that. That's a great point. So that was already something else. That was a that was a variable last time. That's not going to be there, right? Like mango had to play some one of the few people that actually kind of gives him maybe not overly favored, but like someone kind of scary for mango that he wouldn't want to play early, right
0: Right so right He has
1: to go from that to like he, like chances are that uh like it ended up basically mango having to play a very hard opponent before semis, right right. I don't think that'll happen this time because that member of a very small group of people that can beat mango is not attending this tournament. Which means that, like, by the way, this helps Wizrobe, I I have to add, who is another person that Hungrybox could beat, but again, like, he needs every break to go his way to beat him. Right, because so there's maybe, a
0: possibility, but uh, Wizrobe's had them head-to-head for this year, at least.
1: Yeah, like, he's beaten him, but it, I would still give Wizrobe, like, 80% or higher odds, honestly.
0: And so, the hungry box question aside, there's also different players like you were alluding to. There's Mango, mm-hmm. there's Zane, there's IBDW, there's Leffen, and there's Wizrobe. Those are the people who come to mind first, at the very least, in terms of. There's a, there's a lot of uh, potential here for, and and good reasons for each of these players to win in your Monday morning Marth. If you don't mind me spoiling who you picked to win the tournament, go ahead. Yeah. Is Zane, and I almost wonder. If you like, de- decided to pull Ludwig and toss a coin, it, all, it felt like there was a little bit of indecision there because I was getting some real Mango vibes <laughs> towards the end of that no, article. No,
1: I, I had made up my mind that I was not going to pick Mango. I, uh, I have seen Mango win too many big majors. I've seen him win too many like incredible all-time great sets and then immediately rest on his laurels and get like ninth place. Or lose to someone he thinks that he should beat and get really, not salty, but just like be upset after an event and be like, God, why did I lose that? I, uh, I've had my heart broken too many times as a, as a mango fan. if there's a time for him to rest on his lower laurels, I would say it's not only immediately after winning the previous summit, it's also after being anointed the community goat. And I would say it's immediately after not, literally not attending anything else as a competitor.
0: Also, his thirtieth uh, birthday this weekend.
1: Yeah, this is, you know, this these are red flags. This is danger zone. Sanka so getting like fourth <laughs> at this tournament. That's one oh less player. Oh God, play. what if he loses to <laughs> oh, That's one no. less player
0: for HungryBox to play in winner's side of the bracket if HungryBox <laughs> makes it out of pulls in the winner's side.
1: Yeah, but he has to worry about. There's like, Uh-oh. there's like five other people. No, I'm just
0: saying he went from five to four. That's just, you know, just, okay, just keeping track. Yeah, sure. Sorry, I'm holding you all to right. a high standard here. I'm putting you on the hot seat just a, just, a, just a little bit, but I am having fun. I... You're having fun, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say that, like, the moment I saw Plup not entering the tournament, I thought, oh, this will really help Mango. And then I was able to kind of fully put it into picture, like, oh, God, he already won the last summit. It was, like, an all-time great. It's just, like, all the signs are there when you think Mango will do well, that he's just going to, like, Get fourth or something. It's just very uh. It's like exactly the kind of kind of event that you could see him losing in a really frustrating way. (laughs) So,
0: I think the classic example that most people think about. I mean, a part of it is because it was documented very well in the metagame documentary. Is Evo two thousand fourteen to the Big House four where mm-hmm. I don't know if there was a tournament in between because it didn't talk about that, but I remember Tof setting it up pretty well. It was on the floor, at the big house floor. Maybe it was Friday or Saturday, pools or whatever, and Toph's just talking about how in, in times past, Manga would win a really big tournament, and then for the next big tournament, not do so great. And he's like, but you can't sleep <laughs> on the kid.
1: Yeah, fair enough. That I'm, so, uh, I'm not going to lie, though. I, I mean, I did have him second on the on, on my... uh list of like predictions for the event so i can't really say i'm sleeping on the kid but uh i'm fairly certain that's annual in this event
0: first or bust is what i'm thinking for mango i think it's it is more along the lines of you know start starting winners for the bracket but then it's like the it's like the what if scenario a melee what if where what if mango really did go home after going down into losers at summit 11 what if he just went home And, like, DQ'd out of losers. And then we never get to see the Summit 11 losers run. Uh, What if this time there's, like, a loss to either AMSA or Leffen? And Mango's, like, not feeling it. And then just, you know, kind of, like, walks through the paces of, like, I I didn't come here to celebrate my 30th birthday by losing the Leffen after trash-talking him for two years straight. He actually beats me. What an idiot. And getting really upset, whatever, whatever. And then just petering out at 7th.
1: I think that nightmare bracket for Mango would be like, assuming he makes it out in winners, which I I cannot conceive of him making it out, like only, like, get, leaving pools and losers, but assuming right. he makes it out in winners, like maybe maybe just dropping a set or something. If he plays like, excuse me, like what, Amsa for, in winners' quarters and loses, and then drops down, but Leffen gets upset and winners also, and they have to play each other for nine, and Leffen beats him, and Mango plays awful. Like that would be the, that would be I think the closest thing to a a mango floor for this event.
0: And then for Zayn, there's obviously a little bit of a of a break between not having to worry about Plup. Uh, and and it's not really fair to Free Palestine to say to not have to worry about Sheik, but other than Free Palestine, there's no other Sheik at this event if I was looking at this correctly.
1: I mean, it depends on what left Leffen goes against him, right? You're but right I, in saying
0: that, yeah. But I, I don't know like... what
1: Leffen's... Plan. I I know they I know they did like a bunch of Sheik Marth on, on three frames, and, and like Levin's Sheik looked pretty good, but again like just it's a completely different environment like offline. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know what his plan is. I I assume he's going Sheik, but like again, who who knows?
0: Does Leffen experiment on, at at the summit stage in terms of playing Zayn if they meet in bracket or meet? They're not in the same pool, are they? I,
1: I don't. Uh, I forget, but but one of the things I would say is like they they've played each other in Marchick. Like Leffen really grinded that matchup for a while. I just don't know if he's still like, I don't know if he's still committed to it, or if it was just like a temporary thing. I right. assume he's committed to it. Like he he was pretty serious, and like they played a lot together.
0: Because I almost want to say that there's like a temptation to say, well, me as Leffen, there's obviously a lot of reasons to want to play well at this event, but there's also the Smash World Tour and Zayn will be there what if I <laughs> experiment is the wrong word, but this is the time to find out is my chic up to snuff. I can get a feel for this. And it's not, again, I don't want to call it experimenting because you certainly don't want to waste a tournament just on a, on a character counter. Yeah, but he's trying it out, right? Yeah. Like, bring is, it out for seeing, a game. Yeah.
1: Is, it, is this worth, is like, I thought this was worth it long-term. I did this online with him. My Sheik is really good at this matchup. Does this carry over into offline, and is this the way forward offline? For, for sure. Maybe maybe this is his way of checking that out. I think either way, like, you know, maybe he does Fox on other stages, but he keeps Sheik for FDA. I I don't know. We don't know anything about Leffen. That's, that's what I think is so fun. That's what I think is so fun about him coming back. Like, could I really beat, like... It'll simultaneously be so surprising if Leffen just like destroyed everyone like he beats Zane with cheek, and then he beats like Mango or whoever. Would it be shocking if that happened? I mean yes and no right like at the time it'd be like oh wow like I guess the best maybe the best player in the world was just in Europe this entire time and everything <laughs> like all these accomplishments that we thought mattered now have an asterisk on them like that could both be the case but it could also be like Leffen comes it- it'll also be shocking because we haven't seen this guy and in what, like 18 months or what? longer than that. like?
0: It's like, been a while. It's been years. a minute.
1: Yeah, almost, almost two years. Like, no matter what happens to Leffen at this tournament, there's always going to be people being like, oh, well, like, obviously Leffen was going to win or get top three, or obviously Leffen was going to finish out of top eight. He hasn't played anyone good in America in so long. But, like, no one knows. Like, we just know that he's really good. We know he's good enough to beat the rest of Europe. <laughs> like, that's it. And Europe's not bad, but just, like, I don't know how that translates to a major field and that's one thing I'm really excited to to uh, find out this weekend.
0: You know what I almost think, you know what I just thought of, something that Zane and Mango both said either on their streams or somehow in the context of Summit11 was talking about how they did not want to see HBox win in terms of like, you know, <laughs> calling the COVID era illegitimate, right? Because if HBox yeah. wins a big event offline, then you can kind of look at the whole quarantine era and be like asterisk because it's not in person it's not IRL Mm -hmm. it's not on the CRT so I almost wonder if there's if there's the same mentality behind Leffen coming to the United States and Mango and Zane in particular thinking this guy can't win and the reason why is because if Leffen wins then we get to
1: put an asterisk
0: we we have to put that asterisk on I think that I think that this is an event where I feel so. I'll I'll put my neck out here. Levin's not going to win this tournament. It doesn't matter if he comes and he, plays, order, and he right. plays and he plays plays very very well. Even if he makes grands, I I still think he loses because Mango or Zane, one of the two, will make it their business to beat him in bracket.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll let you in on something. It's not that Leffen will be insufferable if he wins this tournament. I mean, he will, but like, Lef- I'm not close with Leffen. Right? It'll just be like a social media thing. It'll exist in the in the ether of social media. The real people who will be insufferable are Ambien and Wheat. <laughs> Those two are huge. Huge Leffen fanboy. You you talk and, to and, and them more
0: often not... than you talk to Leffen, so...
1: Yeah, and yeah. MB, I think, will, will deny it a little bit, but, like, Wheat is a full-on Leffen fanboy. Like, he picks Leffen to win events every time he enters enters them, like, even yeah, if they're yeah, majors. Yeah. Even if Leffen has lost, like, five straight grand finals in a row, Wheat will be- begin the prediction sections by being like, uh, yeah, I, I think Leffen is so good. His matchup spread is so... So good. I really think Leffen will win this start. He he does this all the time. God, Every time Leffen comes is.
0: up, we will joke about how he picks Leffen to win tournaments. It doesn't matter. We yeah, just talk about he, him and because you he, know I like he, to pick he. I like to pick him to win stuff.
1: It'll be so annoying if Leffen wins. Oh no. That's it. I hope Leffen gets ninth. Not because of anything against him, just just that's it. I can't I can't let my friends be be too happy and gloat about Leffen doing well. All right, come on, come on, IBDW, this is your chance.
0: <laughs> I would love to see IBDW take this. This would this. I, I remember watching Summit Nine, or yeah, it was Summit Nine, the one before, the one before. Oh, but Summit Nine was the Valentine's one that Hungry Box won. So this was Summit Eight, where yeah. IBDW had that great losers' run, including beating Hungry Box, mm-hmm. and saying, you know what? I don't think I will have to sub goal for food for much longer because of a performance like this. This this validates all the hard work and the, the, the intensely deep sacrifices that I've had to make to become good at Melee. I mean, IBDW has an amazing story already. Being able to right. win an event like this against a very high tiered field, beating Zayn and Mango and possibly Leffen, however you want to phrase it. Would be a very very big deal for IBDW, and I think it's still a very big deal for Zane to win this because it would mean that he's gotten used to the big moment. I, I, I tend to agree with you, by the way, in terms of who wins this event and Zane, because after watching those grand final sets in Summit Eleven and seeing Zane play, not up to par of what we're used to, but it's grand finals, so perfect play is very hard to achieve. I think. It's very hard to play perfect in grand finals, regardless of the tournament that you're watching, but Zane. I like to think has learned how to be in that moment. And even if the prize pools is not as huge, even if this is not the first big IRL back anymore, those storylines do not exist for this particular Summit 12. If Zayn can somehow run into Tyler Swift in the in the bracket and crush that Pikachu, even if it's, even if it's not Axe, if Zayn can invalidate Leffen Sheik and just make Leffen go, well, oh, heck, I guess I have to play Fox now, great shoot and then in Grands denies the manga reset or whoever comes against him mm-hmm. I would love to see that because it means to me that I'm that I'm right that I'm right about how I think that Zane takes a moment like Summon 11 and is able to use his amazing competitors mentality to make himself better and then he gets that big win
1: so I I agree with you but I do want to add that while it does seem like Zayn has an unfortunate tendency to be on the the receiving end of a lot of heartbreak, man, has won majors before. He did win Genesis Seven and he won Shine. We shouldn't, uh, and while he has won a lot online as well, um, we shouldn't sleep on the fact that Zayn has stepped up in those those big moments before. But I but I do think there's a grain of truth in what you're saying that it does kind of feel like he's on the receiving end of a lot of a lot of heartbreakers. at, at uh. And, and especially Smash Summit Eleven. I mean, that that has to be one of the biggest heart heartbreaking ways to lose. Not just the uh, the one frame missed up air in the the final few seconds or whatever, but also just being so indestructible on FD for so long and losing and getting reverse three out on that stage. Uh, I know is I know is pretty like you know, especially if you. are part of who you are as a player is you never lose on fd versus fox losing against mango who, who went fox for the first time against you and beat you first try i mean i know that i know i'm, I'm sure he, he's still thinking about that a lot yeah it'll be nice to it'll be nice to see zane do well at this event he is my pick to win smash summit 12 and judging by this conversation it seems like he's your pick as well
0: Yes, absolutely. Willing to put that out there. Zane's going to win Summit 12. Lock it, uh, put it in place. And I know that Zane has won majors before. There's a reason why he's ranked number nine in the all-time top 100 that you were the project director for. But I think that (laughs) after after Genesis 7, it was this moment of the changing of the guard, because Hungerbox had been number one for three years running at that point, trying to... Think about, oh, is this year number four? Is 2020 year number four? And for Genesis 7, beating Hunger Box in Winners Finals, I want to say it was, and then beating him again in Grands was such a big statement of saying, I can not only get over the heartbreaker losses that I suffered in 2019, I can also do that at the biggest stage possible because Genesis is that humongous stage. It's such a big tournament. It means so much to a lot of the Melee community. It's It's massive that he won that is so cool to see. But then because of the pandemic, because of the two or sorry, one and a half, two years of all of this that we have to go through of saying what could have been for Zayn, There is almost this feeling of a reset when Mango wins Summit 11 and we start to forget a little Mm -hmm. bit of how amazing of a player Zane is, even though we see it on a fairly regular basis on his stream and at the SCLs, like the SCL Season 1 and SCL Season 2, where he won the majority of it, winning Summit 10 online, if I recall correctly, that Zane is going to have his moments in the future. And what better way to kick it off than by getting the first one that's available, and that would be Summit 12.
1: I completely agree. I think, uh, I think you put it quite well, and that just about wraps up Summit Talk. I think that's a great, great um, place so, to... So, to so to Smashville
0: Tour, in. real quick. Who is your most mm-hmm. excited person to watch that's coming from out of region? Mine is Ingen. Who is yours?
1: Uh, I'm really excited about Chape. Oh, uh, let's so go. I'm on. really thrilled about Chape, not just because uh, I think Chilean... I think the... I think the melee scene in Chile is re- Chile is really underrated, but uh, I know Chape has really wanted an opportunity to play against stronger players and against the North American competition in particular. Uh, he kind of Chile is very good, but Chape is far, far and away the best player on the continent, and he's talked a lot about wanting to uh, just get better, like top level practice. I know this means a lot to him. And just as a side note, Chape is my uh, Chape is my pen pal he he's uh he's been helping me learn spanish over the over the last four four months or so so um i of course on an interpersonal level want him to do really well
0: yeah let's go chop it uh made it safely to the united states if i was reading the twitter correctly Mm
1: -hmm.
0: already getting that chance at top level competition even (laughs) even if a lot of players are going to summit so that wraps up everything there is, of course, so much more Melee to be talked about. So in the future, Edwin, yes, I would love to get you on. There are no fancy jackets for coming on the show five times at bottom of the Smash Mountain.
1: And not like the, me- yeah, not like the Melee Stats one where you get the fancy jacket. We'll have right. to get you on sometime, Jesse.
0: Oh, of course. I would love to be on. I would love to have a role in the Melee Stats Discord when I have earned such things. Yes, because you get <laughs> to have people like Fendrick Lamar. Nope, is it Fendrick Lamar?
1: Yeah, Fendi's coming on this week.
0: Okay, I'm just going to make sure that I'm saying the whole name correctly because I want to say Fendi, but I want to be specific as possible so that people who are listening this deep understand that it's the Fendrick Lamar, one of the best Philly sports fans out there, and also also a great Melee person to talk about. Summit is going to be on Waiting for Game tomorrow night. This podcast will be out. With enough advanced time that if people are listening, you could go check that out on the twitch.tv slash melee stats. If I is that the it's just melee stats for the twitch, right?
1: Yeah, twitch.tv slash melee stats.
0: Mm hmm. Waiting for game, but you, you also, can support us
1: at patreon.com slash melee stats. That's
0: right, patreon.com slash melee stats. A lot of great patrons in the discord, a popping discord as well that you can be a part of, even if you're not a, even if you're not a patreon supporter, because you know, I, I'm not, but. But but I like to be on the Discord and, you know, interact and talk ar- and bra- around and such. It's a great community that you help to foster. And aside from all the other amazing things that you're doing, uh, we're going to have my Touching Grass segment, since nobody wants it to be, except for Wheat, wants it to be the Touching Grass segment. I want to steal, like I did the last time you were on, a Waiting for Games segment for just the last little bit here, where we talk about things that are outside of Melee. The holidays are coming up. So, even if this is December 6th and it's not quite, you know, the, 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 the Christmas time, uh, Kwanzaa time, and Hanukkah time, and everything, I don't know for sure what all those dates are except for Christmas itself. But happy holidays to everybody listening and watching. I hope you also have a wonderful 2022. Despite everything that would make you believe it might not be a wonderful year, I still always want to have optimism for things to come.
1: That's so lovely. Okay, what do I what do? I do? So you want me to talk about something that's not melee related, right?
0: That is correct.
1: All right. Well, okay, this is going to be very silly. But uh, so as far as owning a dog goes, I got to say, uh, yeah, I won't lie. It's usually my spouse taking care of the dog. Uh, they were the person that wanted him. So our deal was that they would take care of him. They'd take him on walks. They'd train him and everything like that. But Today, you know, I had a bit of free time and I wanted to do some, I wanted to spend some of it train, training Arnold, my dog, my wonderful, lovely dog who's asleep in his bed right now. And uh, it gave me a kind of joy and fulfillment that I swear I I could have never anticipated like two years ago. they It was just basic stuff, right? Telling him to sit, telling him to stay. Telling him to uh, to chill, chill is one of my favorite commands with him. I go like this, and he <laughs> goes he goes to the floor. Uh, it's just I love my dog so much. I know this is like the most level zero, seemingly pandery response possible. <laughs> and honestly, when we run uh, when we run rating for game tomorrow, and it becomes my turn to talk on the uh, not melee segment. I'll probably pick something else, honestly, because Wheat is going to call me a Mark for, 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 or a Cornball <laughs> for talking about this. But my main thought right now is just, God, I, I love my dog so much. And uh, listen to your spouse. That's, that's all I'm going to say.
0: I love that. So you can find all the links to the stuff that we were talking about for all things Melee Stats in the description below. Other than that, Edwin Budding, thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of Smash Mountain.
1: Thank you so much, Jesse. It was a pleasure talking to you.